Welcome to the Transform Your Mind Radio Hour and Podcast, a show about transformation, mindset transformation. This is Life Coach Marnie Young, and in my book, Out of the Snares, A Story of Hope and Encouragement, I share my journey of being born in poverty in Guyana to have an abundance in America. And I did it by changing my mindset. Let's go do it. Each week, I bring you guests or one-on-one coaching sessions to help you change your mindset and transform your life. Welcome back to the Transform Your Mind, Transform Your Life radio podcast and television show. I'm your host, Life Coach Marina Young. And sitting in the guest chair today, all the way from Jerusalem, is Hannah, um, Hannah Mason. Hannah is a coach, speaker, and author of the book, Hold That Thought. And I have my own personal copy that I've been reading. Awesome, awesome book. I love it. So, um, and Hannah and I are going to be talking on the topic today of money mindset madness, removing your financial baggage. Welcome, Hannah. Hi, thank you so much. It's a pleasure being here. Yes. And let's touch on the Jerusalem bit in a minute. You know, as a Christian, I have always wanted to visit the holy city. And Hannah lives there. And I was just telling her that I'm going to be visiting her city in uh, um, the end of May. I'm touching there on a cruise. And um, I am so, so excited. And I see how she's dressed (laughs) because they're warning you to make sure that you're dressed appropriately (laughs) for the city. So yes, so start off, Hannah, Um, um, uh, you know, so, but anyway, I'm going to read a short bio on Hannah, but, but Hannah, tell us about, you know, before I get into your bio, what's it like living in the holy city of Jerusalem? (laughs) So it's actually a really cool international place because it's got all of this amazing history. Like literally you could, every few steps, you can run into an archeological site. And one of the interesting things about living in Israel is that in order to do construction, um, a construction company first has to have an archeological dig happen on the site. Yeah. So we have a, you know, a, a train, like a, like a metro kind of train that goes through the city and its construction got impeded by years because of all these archaeological sites that kept popping up. And it's just like to live in a place like that, where there's layers and layers of thousands of years of history is just so amazing. And for me to know that my grandparents and great grandparents and for 2000s generations of grandparents before them were praying for me to be able to not just live in the lands of Israel, but be able to just, just like a live like a normal life. And I could easily get to Israel and then go to some other part of the world in a tin box with wings. Like that's just really miraculous. Like I literally feel like I get to live a miracle. Um, and I'm not, as you can hear by my accent, I have a really good American accent. Um, yeah, I know we're so going to not... get to your story because yeah, I know where we came from, but I just wanted to touch on the Israel part for a minute or the Jerusalem part for a minute. So that's awesome. So, 
Um, I'm definitely gonna, um, uh, you know, holler at you when I when I get to um, Jerusalem. <laughs> All right. And we have like so many Jews and Christians who move through our home and move through our city, and everyone really speaks about how there's something about this land that feels different from any other place they've ever been. There's, you can feel the holiness. It's very alive. It's a beautiful thing. It'll bring you to tears. I love it. I love it. I love it. So thank you for that. Okay. So, all right. So let me give you guys a little bit more information, a short bio on Hannah. Um, As as I said before, Hannah Mason is the author of Hold That Thought, a book in where she shares 22 tools that teaches readers how to build more clarity, peace, and joy by gaining mastery over their thinking. When a gang of armed men broke into Hannah's childhood home in Bogota, Colombia, and held her family hostage, five-year-old Hannah's sense of safety was decimated. Her family miraculously fled to Miami. I guess she's talking about her American accent in a minute. (laughs) Her, Her family miraculously fled to Miami, but two decades later, Hannah still dealt with PTSD, anxiety, and depression from that incident. To heal herself, she drove into she dove into a journey to rediscover her peace and joy. She learned from the world's top experts on the human mind and uses her gift for tuning complex ideas into easy-to-access tools for transformation. Through her straight talk, open heart, and addictive joy, Hannah helps thousands clarify their vision, shift beliefs that are getting in their way, and manifest her, their dreams. Hannah lives with her family in the funky city of Jerusalem. I'm going to let her call the name. <laughs> and works with individuals and communities around the world. <laughs> so say that name again, um, Hannah. So you, you, wanted, you wanted me to say the name of my neighborhood, which for an American is not an easy thing to say. It's called Nachlot. So Nachlot happens to be an immensely eclectic neighborhood. It has Jews and non-Jews. And the Jewish population is particularly eclectic. You have Jews from literally every corner of the globe, from middle from the Middle East to Eastern Europe to Africa to the Americas to Australia, like you name it. And we actually have in this small little city neighborhood that's about like three city square blocks, over 50 synagogues, because you can't expect the Persian Jews to pray in the same synagogue as the Egyptian Jews. God forbid, right? So there's just so much culture and history and it's packed with students and artists and musicians and young people. And so I get to be like young by association because I used to be one of those artistic students. So it's kind of cool. Oh, that's amazing. I have to ask the question though. How did Bogota come in? How did your family get over there? And <laughs> Trace your journey for me. <laughs> sure. So we have this uh, biblical narrative that is something that Jews and Christians share alike, this idea of the ingathering of the exiles, that all of these Jews were scattered to the four corners of the earth. And we pray for a time when we'll be able to come home. And so we're literally living that time in the past few decades. It's just really a miracle what has happened. And right now in particular, all of these Jews from the Ukraine are finally coming home. So sometimes it takes tragedies for that to happen. I happen to have had the blessing of living a very comfortable life in America and being able to just come home. It was great. But before that, my father's father actually grew up about a 15 minute walk from where I live today. 
um, his family was originally from Thessaloniki, which is an isle of Greece. That island was so Jewish that the port would close on the Sabbath. Oh, wow. And uh, eventually the entire Jewish community was, um, was either sent to Auschwitz or moved abroad. And that's what happened to my grandfather. His family moved to Jerusalem. My, and when things got very difficult uh, between the world wars, the economy in Israel was really, really struggling under Turkish rule. Um, he just up and left and he ended up in Argentina. Okay. And my grandmother, who's from the Isle of Rhodes, another Greek island, she also up and left in the 30s and went to Argentina. And it's a good thing she did leave because otherwise she would have also ended up in Auschwitz. Um, and my mother's parents were both German. And when they were children, their parents saw the writing on the wall in the late 1930s and they uprooted their families and went to America. And the boat literally dropped them off and said, welcome to America. <laughs> Technically it's South America, but that's okay. That's right, and, that's right. <laughs> um, and they ended up in Colombia also. And they ended up in Colombia. Right. And my grandparents um, who met in Argentina eventually made it to Colombia. And so that's where my parents met. And that's where I was born. Um, and yet there was, again, this like fleeing of a place to yeah. come to the United States. Yeah. And for me to, you know, once I came to Israel and I had the opportunity to live here for a few months, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. This is absolutely home. There's no other place I want to be. Okay. Okay. Yes. So, so that's, that's an amazing story. Okay. So, um, yeah. So let's talk now about your book. Listen, I love your book. Um, I actually did read Byron Katie's book, The Works. You know, I listened to her on a podcast and she's, you know, well, well respected in the psychological neighborhood. She's got a podcast and everything. And, um, you know, I follow her work. So, and I started doing some of those exercises as you, you're calling them tools. So I know what you're talking, what you're talking about. So yeah, kind of, you know, how did you, I know. Okay. So from your, from your bio, you said that because you had PTSD, you started to, um, uh, to, to train with a top world expert. So can you bridge the gap for us about, you know, how your, your childhood trauma turned into you becoming a coach and a teacher and, um, and, and how you used um, Byron Katie's book, the, um, the works as, as the foundation of one of your tools. So, um, so I was constantly, constantly in search of things that would help me stop having anxiety and depression. And one of the things that I experienced, which I, I kind of thought I was the only person in the world who had this, cause we have a tendency to be very lonely in our suffering and not talk about it mm -hmm. is that I would picture the most horrific things happening all the time in my mind. I tended to, to picture things rather than have words as much. Mm -hmm. And so I'd walk off a bus and I'd picture myself tripping off the bus and getting run over or I trip on the sidewalk and I'd imagine my head bashing the sidewalk and having oh blood goodness. and guts everywhere. Like, wow. and, and those type of images were flooding my mind all the time. In addition to, because of the kidnap threat that I had as a kid, constantly being scared of people on the street, thinking right. that I was going to get kidnapped, thinking I was going to get raped and all of that stuff didn't respond at all to therapy. So mm -hmm. for years I tried going to different therapists and one, one particular therapeutic experience was really frustrating because it wasn't therapeutic to the extent that this was when I was in college. After a whole year of seeing this one therapist in university, 
I looked at him and I said, this has done absolutely nothing for me. For me. <laughs> and as um, painful as I'm sure it was, it was for him to hear, it was really painful for me to say, because I really wanted someone to help me. And I didn't know how to find that help. And eventually I started learning about the concept that our thoughts are within our control and thoughts are malleable, but I didn't really have clear tools for how to shift those thoughts. And I kept getting stuck. And eventually I found some really phenomenal coaches and healers, but there was something about Byron Katie's material that just really struck a chord. And I happen to have had an experience, which I try to replicate for my students and my clients, um, particularly people who go through my programs is mm -hmm. that the way I was introduced to the work was in the middle of my already taking a deep dive into learning about a man named Barry Neal Kaufman. He created a center called the Option Institute and has a process called the Option Process, which is also mm -hmm. a process for inquiry. So the work mm -hmm. and the option process, and there are other tools for inquiry also, their goal is to help you ask questions mm -hmm. or you, when you're facilitating someone else, you ask them questions that mm -hmm. help the subconscious simply bring up all of the answers and all of the beliefs and all of the rationale that we've been using to drive our behavior. And sometimes just seeing it on the surface makes us look at it and be like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. You know, so for example, um, a lot of people think that the best way to lose weight is believing that they should lose weight. My experience is that the belief I should lose weight makes people want to eat more and exercise less. Really, And so as soon as they see how they react to that belief, they realize, wait, this belief isn't working for me, even though I thought it would help me get to where I want to go. So I'm in the midst of learning about the option process and totally loving it. And my girlfriend knocks on my door mm -hmm. and she's like, you've got to read this book. And <laughs> it was loving what is by Byron Katie. And I read mm -hmm. the book and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. That is, at the time, I had this other girlfriend who we were doing Bible study together um, mm -hmm. through the works of, of, um, of Jewish mystics trying mm -hmm. to do self-development work. Mm -hmm. But the book that we were reading was like kind of so esoteric. We, we were, weren't getting really easy to use tangible tools. So mm -hmm. I hand her this book. I'm like, you've got to read this book. And she <laughs> loves it. She passes it to another girlfriend. This book oh passed, went around about 10 of wow. our friends in my neighborhood. And it's a small neighborhood and we're right. all moms. And <laughs> we decide as a collective that we're going to meet once a week mm -hmm. and really practice these tools. Today, I want to introduce you guys to a product I just started using called Magic Mind. What an awesome name, Magic Mind. The name suggests what this product does. Magic Mind gives you the benefits of mental clarity, energy, productivity, with 33% less caffeine than coffee. I always envied my husband. He can drink coffee for dinner and sleep like a baby. Not me. I have a huge caffeine sensitivity. If I drink a cup of coffee at 8 a.m., at 2 a.m., I'm still wide awake. So I was a bit skeptical to try Magic Mind, but it was wonderful. Since I started drinking Magic Mind, I get an energy boost throughout the day. My memory is sharp. I can recall facts quicker when doing my interviews, and I can sleep at 8 p.m. Here are some of the ingredients in Magic Mind that makes this product magic. L-thionine. The L-thionine in matcha helps increase focus and attention. Bacopa maneri, a natural motropic 
that helps with procrastination, much like a natural Adderall. Ashwagandha and Rhodiola rosea work together to decrease stress and low-grade anxiety by lowering your cortisol levels. This is what worked for me. So whether you need an energy boost, more focus, or you just want to cut down on your caffeine consumption because of negative side effects like jitters or crashes, I absolutely recommend you go out and pick up a case of Magic Mind. It's a game changer. These next 10 days, you can get 40% off your prescription at www.magicmind.co backslash mind. Use discount code MIND20 to get your 40% off. That website again is www.magicmind.co backslash MIND. Our next partner has a product I literally use every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted better gut health and an optimized immune system. Now I've been on it for three months and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It tastes like one of my favorite childhood drinks with a mild tropical taste. It's not just a great taste that I love though. With one delicious scoop of AG1, I'm absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and antigens to help me start my day right. This special blend of ingredients supports gut health, nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I walk a 5K trail every morning and I drink a scoop of AG1 before I leave for my walk. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash transform. That website again is A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-G-R-E-E-N-S dot com backslash transform and take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance at the same time. Most people read a self-help book. They like it. It's nice. They put it back on the shelf and it's over. And that's my experience to be honest. If I'm really vulnerable well, and me, honest, you know, a lot of self-help was, books. When I was reading the book, I would practice the tools while I was reading it, but I haven't picked it up since I put it down. <laughs> Because it happens to us all the time, right? So I was just blessed to be in the right place at the right time Mm -hmm. with the most amazing, beautiful women. And we worked this material for years. We met once a week for years. And one of the things that happened was that as we started revealing all of the thoughts that plague us, it -hmm. turned out we all pretty much are plagued by the same thoughts. And there could be a thought, Myrna, that you have that I don't have, but it's it sounds so similar to something I've had. And I'm like, ah, you know? And so, you know, one of my girlfriends was dealing with divorce. Another one of my girlfriends was dealing with like sexual issues with her spouse. Another one with alcoholism. Like these were big, scary life issues that were the skeletons in our closets. 
And once we started talking about them, it was like, oh, you have that thought. Oh, I have that thought. Me, me and my husband. Yeah, same, yeah, same. Yeah. No, and it was, and yeah. so but, but now, one of the things I, I loved know, about her book specifically was when she said, question, is it true? Because that that is <laughs> exactly. It's like if you can question any thought. And so now I'm like, oh, it's just a thought. Like it's that's yeah. all it is. It's not me, because we're so attached to our thoughts. So, um, one of my girlfriends and I, we went also for years walking every single morning for an hour. One morning I facilitated her the next morning she facilitated me. So this has become so core to who I am as a human being. It is totally shaped my mind and it is central to what I do. And over time, other coaches and therapists started coming to me, asking me how to use these tools in a therapeutic practice. And so I wanted to create a book that concentrated all of that knowledge I'd been giving over to coaches and therapists. And that was how whole that thought happened. And eventually I wanted to help people do this very clearly in journal work. So I just came out with a new book, which I didn't even get to tell you about because it just came out. I happen to have it here. It's called inner voices. Oh, love it. I love the contrasting colors. (laughs) Yeah. So now in hold that thought, people get a free taste of inner voices at the end of the book. So when they download it for free, they can have that. All right. So specifically, you know, I used um, when I was, when I was, when I was reading that book, um, you know, my husband and I as, as married people have conflict over certain different things from my thoughts and, and, and whatever, you know what I mean? So one of the things I use that for is, um, th- you know, saying, I believe certain things. And then I say, is that true? How do you know it's true kind of thing? So that's how I used um, that and to go through those. But what you talked about in the, you know, as part of your, your journey um, was the images. How do you, how do you um, get rid of images? Because I have that sometimes it's not as bad, but you know, I'd be driving down the road and I would be, you know, imagining that I'm run off the road or something. It's terrible. And I know I can't hold on to that for too long because I'm going to attract it. So I know that, <laughs> you know what I mean? So as soon as I get those kind of talks, I, I make sure, um, because Abram Hicks also said, you, if you hold on to things for longer than I think 28 seconds or something, you start attracting it. Right. But I know that, but once in a while it would happen to me. So how did you use that book specifically to get rid of I mean, that works specifically to get rid of images. So, so for me, the purpose of inquiry is to question our thinking. For some Mm -hmm. people, thinking manifests as words and for other people, it manifests as pictures, Mm -hmm. but a picture, what's cool about a picture is that it's not just one belief. Usually a picture is, is a container for lots and lots of beliefs. So if you're picturing yourself, God forbid, driving off the road, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of beliefs in there. I'm not safe when I'm driving. The world is not a safe place. I can't trust myself on the road. I can't trust other drivers on the road. I'm going to die. I'm not going to die. I'm going to die in a painful way. I'm going to die right now. Right? Like think Mm -hmm. about how many things come up. And so if you can just sit and think about what, what are the beliefs that are embedded in this image or you can simply look at the image. So, um, so I want for your audience to really understand what inquiry is. So I can give you a, a simple example. There was one time that I was in Heathrow airport, sort of transitioning via London to the United States from Israel and Heathrow airport is huge. And it's like a mall. And there's a point when you walk through it, that it's like walking through the perfume section of a mall. And I saw this 
huge um, poster image advertisement of a scantily clad model standing next to a bottle of perfume. So I see in the perfume section, this like big advertisement and there's a scantily clad model next to a bottle of perfume at the bottom. It said, I don't remember what brand it was, the brands of the perfume, but there were no words on this marketing, this, this big poster. Mm-hmm. And yet when I looked at it, I noticed that my stomach started to turn. So mm-hmm. for me, the, the thing that drives me to question my thinking is my emotional state. And my emotional state is a combination of just straight up emotions like anger, sadness, and physiological experiences, because we feel emotions inside of our body. So for me, my stomach started to turn and I started to feel a little bit like sad and maybe worthless, something like that. Mm, And so immediately I knew there's something happening in this poster. This poster is telling a story and that story isn't feeling good. And Without even thinking of what that story was, I just asked myself the question, is this story true? Is this poster true? My mind did it all by itself because I had already trained my mind to do this. It just Mm -hmm. immediately said, is it true? And then I looked at it and I was like, no, it's not true. And my whole body relaxed and I walked away. So Mm -hmm. what's embedded in that poster? You're supposed to look like her. Yes. She actually looks like that. She's happy because she looks like that. She looks like that because she has that perfume. If I use that perfume, I'll also look like that. And then I will be happy, right? Like it's a really loaded image. So for me, the images are always, there's always words embedded in those images. So if I can identify what those words are, that's really helpful for me. And if I can't, um, or I don't have time to, or in that moment, I didn't need to. Because I subconsciously just knew the whole story. And I was like, this is not a story I want to live by. Yes, that's very true. That's the same thing that happens with um, the magazines and the girls having um, a problem with, with self-image and self-esteem. So yeah, um, that's, that, that's beautiful. All right. So that's the way that we can definitely, <clears throat> you know, question our thoughts and question and um I, one of the things as a coach that I know to that is that you pay attention to your emotions and, and your body reactions. And because you've been in that space, you were able to um, pay attention to how your body reacted and, and know to, to question it right away. Because if you don't, then you're probably walking around feeling a certain way, but you don't know why or where it came from. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I have, I have this, this tool that I share in my book, Inner Voices. It's a really simple tool. So I'm happy to just share it with your audience. It's called okay. the one question. Okay. Whenever you are feeling yucky, that's the very scientific term. Whenever you're feeling yucky or upset in any way, you can ask yourself the following question. What am I believing right now? That's making me feel this way. Yes. What am I believing right now? That's making me feel this way. You could also If you remember a time in the past that you felt yucky, you could say, what was I believing then that made me feel that way? Mm -hmm. So it sounds like a really simple question, but it's actually really loaded because embedded in the question is the premise that my belief is what's creating my emotional state. If Mm -hmm. I identify my belief, I can do something about my emotional state and beliefs are malleable. And a lot of people don't think their beliefs are malleable. I hear people all the time say, well, that's who I am. I don't have a choice, but to think that way, or this is just how it is. And it's like, no, it's not. 
you can design your life. Right, exactly. But I, my experience is that a lot of people are not in touch with their feelings. They don't know why they feel that way <laughs> because for years they've stuffed down their feelings and they don't know what's making them. You know, we call them as coaches triggers. You don't know what's triggering you to feel a certain way or to act a certain way. So, um, so yeah, so, that, so, um, so that's great. So that's how you, you started using Byron Katie's book. I like the fact that you said that you and your girlfriend would walk for an hour and one day you would, she would facilitate you and the other day you would facilitate her. But yeah, when I was, um, you know, I listened to my audiobooks as I'm walking. So, um, I was doing the same thing, you know, do answering the questions and trying to do some of the work. Um, uh, when I was, um, you know, when I was doing my walking. So, um, so how can people use tools to help them clarify their vision, shift their limiting beliefs and manifest their dreams? So one of the things that I do as a coach is I help people clarify a vision for what it is they want to do with their lives. You know, they want to um, build a business. They want to increase their sales in real estate. For example, I have a number of realtors that I work with. Uh, they, I don't know, they want to lose weight, you know, like it's just, it, right. it really just depends. Everybody's a little bit different. Um, but particularly for, for my business clients, actually it's true even for somebody wanting to lose weight. What tends to happen is that they have a vision. They, there's something they want. They know it's a clear manifestation of their life's purpose and would give them a tremendous amount of meaning yet they can't seem to get themselves to do it. Mm. They keep bumping into all sorts of obstacles along the way. And for that, I created a tool I call the obstacle course. So this is where, yeah, I read that in your book. That was cute. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So this is where I tend to sort of leap beyond uh, the tools of inquiry that I've gotten from others is I create tools that help, help people then use the tools for inquiry in a much more meaningful way. So it's like you have a vision, let's say that you want to be 20 pounds lighter. So I have a client who's in that situation right now. She wants to be 20 pounds lighter. Well, let's and use she, the one in your book. Cause I thought it was interesting. The guy that was, uh, um, I think he was a potter or something. And he was saying that, there's uh, nobody, right? <laughs> yes. that, you know, how is he right? Yeah. Use that one. Cause that that's yeah. That's, yeah. So that's a perfect example. He just, mm-hmm. he, he couldn't, he had this vision of mm-hmm. living out in the country and not living in the city and being professionally a potter and actually right. making a living as a potter and being able to sustain a family that way. Right. But it seemed so pie in the sky, impossible in his eyes, even though we hear a story like that, we're like, oh, okay, if you live outside of the city in the country somewhere. So like, sure, why not? You know, but to him, it just felt impossible. So I asked him why I had him do this obstacle course. Um, what are all the reasons why it's impossible? And for most of us who are visual, it really helps to actually see obstacles. So I asked, and everyone comes up with different things. Mm-hmm. So I asked them to envision this dream they have as being somewhat in the distance in front of them. Like, let's say it's right here. So then I mm-hmm. asked them between here and the vision they have, what do they see? And one client I've had said they see shards of glass. Another person says they see clouds. Another person says the image itself is in black and white. They don't see any color, um, all sorts of things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So for this guy, the obstacles between himself and the vision had the opportunity to speak. I said, okay, what are the shards of glass or what do the clouds have to say? 
And he said, it's impossible. I can't do it. I couldn't possibly make enough money to support a family, you know, all these different beliefs. And then yeah, we were able 13 to, of them, to be quite honest, <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, so right. it's really, what's really cool is mm-hmm. that for most of us, the beliefs that are driving our lives and driving our behavior are resting in the subconscious. We're right. just not aware that they're there. And all we have to do is ask a question like, what do those obstacles have to say? Or what am I believing right now that's making me feel this way? And it's mm-hmm. just amazing. Our subconscious loves to follow orders. If we mm-hmm. ask good questions, we get good answers. So if mm-hmm. I ask, what am I believing right now? So subconscious is like, oh, you want to know your beliefs? Here they are. They were all <laughs> sitting on the, under the subconscious. So we talk about money, for example, for most mm-hmm. people, what keeps them from manifesting wealth and abundance is they have all of these money beliefs. And for almost all of us, our money beliefs are very deeply hidden in the subconscious for two reasons. One is we got our money beliefs early from our family when we were kids. And the Mm -hmm. other is money is taboo. So we have beliefs, but we don't know what they are. It's like for people for whom their body is taboo, if God forbid they ever get abused, Well, like, if you don't know you have a penis, how do you tell someone that it got touched wrong? Right, right, right. right, So if you're not allowed to talk about money and money is this taboo thing. So Mm -hmm. when things aren't going well with money, you don't even have the language to talk about debt or stress or credit cards or building wealth or investments. Like you don't even have the language. You don't have the vocabulary for that. Mm -hmm. Um, So for this guy, once he was able to identify the thoughts, then we could use all of the tools from inquiry, from the option process to neuro-linguistic programming to the work to be able mm-hmm. to address what he was doing. And I have a tendency to just kind of mix it all together. No, that's fine. I that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, you, you said you're mixing it up a bit, but you're not really mixing it up a bit because it's beautiful. Um, what you're saying is um, the guy that had the obstacle course is because he had a vision I wouldn't call it a vision. He had a dream of, uh, you know, owning his own business and using his skill as a potter, but he didn't believe that he could make money from it. And that is most of the people that want to go out and start their own business have this same thought and go through the same process. You know, how am I going to make money from it? And then again, what happened with him? He's thinking, you know, who, who the hell makes money from being a potter? You know what I mean? It is like a little side hobby. So it's the same kind of thing, you know, where you're a painter or whatever and you're thinking. So it's, it's not mixing it up, but you also, um, right in there, in that whole bucket, you throw in our, you know, our, our money beliefs and his money beliefs had to be mixed in there somewhere because in there, yeah. You know, he must have thought that in only the only way that you can be um, successful is if maybe you're an accountant or or something, or maybe his parents told him that. You know what I mean? And yes, you know, I um I know about the the money mindset because you know we grew up when you grew up poor, you have a money mindset where your your parents or your grandparents. My my grandma would always say, "Money don't grow on trees," and you know someone else would say, "The money's the root of all evil." So you've got it on both ends. So that's basically your belief system. So yeah, you know that is a great segue into what we want to talk about is the foundation of our our talk today because you have a twenty one day challenge. Um, so tell us about your program that is removing your financial baggage. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So, um, 
So I actually really want to focus on this thing of money doesn't grow on trees <laughs> because yes. so we have this 21 day challenge that helps mm-hmm. people identify all of the beliefs getting in their way mm-hmm. and then shift them into different beliefs that are supportive of building wealth and abundance and joy with money. And then beyond that to building the structures that really lead towards financial success. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that my husband and I decided to do in the challenge is that every single day, every single day's lesson has a story because we Mm -hmm. find that story is how we learn. And Mm -hmm. particularly with, with beliefs, stories are how we created our beliefs. You know, your five-year-old Myrna is looking around and she's seeing how people are behaving, right? She's living a story. And then she comes up with a whole collection of conclusions about what's true about the world. And -hmm. some of those conclusions literally came out of people's mouths, but not always, you know? Mm -hmm. So for example, two people could get divorced and a kid says, oh, my daddy doesn't love me. That's why he left. Right. Even though daddy never said that there's no indication of that. Right. And it's probably the opposite of why it's true. Probably because daddy Mm -hmm. loved the kids. He stayed longer than maybe he would have otherwise. Like there's Mm -hmm. just such Mm -hmm. a different um, collection of stories that kids can create. So one of the stories that I've used repeatedly with students to help them shift is to actually see that money does quite specifically grow on trees. trees. (laughs) So I, you know, like there was this one student, we, uh, we walked in the forest together. We were having like a walking coaching session. Sometimes I do that because through walking, you, you learn better because you're, you're integrating your left and right brain. So we're having a walking coaching session and I point out a pine cone to her on a pine tree. I said, how many pine cones are on this tree? She's like, I don't know, like 200. I said, okay, 200 pine cones. How many seeds are in each pine cone? She's like, I don't know, at least like a hundred. I said, okay, great. How many trees can grow from one of those seeds? She said one. I said, okay, so you have every seed could grow a tree. That means there's a hundred trees per pine cone Mm -hmm. times 200 pine cones. Mm -hmm. And each of those trees can produce another 20,000 potential trees, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And where does money come from? If not from the food we grow and everything that comes from it, right? So the potter Mm -hmm. is taking soil from the ground or, or a woodworker is literally taking those trees and turning them into something else and then planting new trees and new trees come up and he can turn, you know, he could do more woodwork, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. money literally does grow on trees trees, and trees are actually embedded in nature is the language of compounding interest of exponential growth. Nature grows exponentially. Our Mm -hmm. minds, our problem is that our minds think linearly, meaning that our minds think if I do this much work, I make this much money. We -hmm. don't tend to think if I multiply the amount of value I bring into the world, I will make multiple amounts of money in the sense that it's not linear, it's exponential. And once somebody Mm -hmm. can think exponentially to me, that's God's math. Mm -hmm. Their minds just explode. And then they can see, oh my gosh, there's so much that can happen, but money, not growing on trees is me saying, I'm going to go to the factory and I'm going to put in five hours and I'm going to get paid $5 an hour. And then I'm kind of come home with $25 in my pocket. It's like, and there are a lot of factory owners who would like you to think that way, which is why (laughs) they educated you to think that way, you know, but we can, we can go beyond that. Yeah. Well, my grandma used to use it in the sense where, where do you think I'm going to get it from? I think I'm going to go pluck it off the tree. <laughs> right. I, I hear that, but, but it's this sense of like, yeah. 
it's Limit, it lacks limited, that ex, limited it's a very limited way of looking at money yes. yeah okay, exactly okay. okay all right so yeah so you help people to change their money mindset by by you know asking those questions is that true or what are the other things you know you go through the works is that how you do them to shift their their thinking mm. so so there are a few different questions that you can ask so let's say mm. you're believing um um, you know, I'm not talented enough to start my own business. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you and I deal with people who believe that all the time. I'm not talented right, right. enough to start my own business. Mm-hmm. So one stream of questions could be doing the work of Byron Katie. Is it true? Can you absolutely know that it's true? How do you mm-hmm. react when you believe that thought? And you see mm-hmm. what that thought does to you emotionally, physiologically, behaviorally. You mm-hmm. notice that if I believe mm-hmm. I'm not talented enough to start my own business, my body shrinks. I get really tight. Personally, for me, I want to crawl under the covers uh, and hide. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm much less social. And under those circumstances, I literally can't start my own business. I can't do anything, even remotely creative or audacious, while I'm believing that thought. So the thought actually creates that reality. And isn't that convenient, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I can ask myself is also, how do I benefit from believing that thought? One benefit I get is that I can sit on the couch and drink beer and watch movies because, you know, with a tub of Ben and Jerry's, right. It's like, well, because I'm not talented enough, which is beyond my control, right? It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, I'm going to work on my talent. So me as an author, my husband as an author, we like read books about writing books and we take courses from authors and we work on our craft. So mm-hmm. we didn't used to be talented enough to write great books, but we are now because we've been right, working right. at it really hard and hopefully right. it will be a lot better a decade from now. But to say mm-hmm. I'm not talented enough to start my own business is sort of saying like, it's like a flat line. Right. And it means I don't even have to try. It's right. much more convenient to sit on the couch and eat ice cream. The problem is, um, mm-hmm. yeah, beer was never my thing. It was a tub of Ben and Jerry's a day in college. It was horrible, right? So <laughs> it's, I'm much better off. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing things that, that are risky because that's where all the meaning and fulfillment are, but it's much safer to not even try. And the end of Byron Katie's process is to look at myself in the exact same situation and ask myself, how would I be without the thought? Mm-hmm. And I can see, wow, I'm in the exact same moment in the exact same situation and the thought's not there. And for most people, they experience ease and calm, sometimes joy, sometimes enthusiasm and excitement. It's like, all of the, the straight jackets been taken away. Mm-hmm. And the key part of Byron Katie's process is doing what she calls turnarounds, where you take the original mm-hmm. statement and you mm-hmm. say it's opposite. So mm-hmm. one could be, I am talented enough to start my own business. Yeah, and yeah. well, if five-year-old Johnny can start a lemonade stand, I'm probably <laughs> doing just fine, right? Um, mm-hmm. I could start a low-risk business that doesn't involve a lot of cash and learn along the way. Because Mm -hmm. I'm talented enough to learn. I'm talented enough to ask questions. I'm talented enough to seek mentors. Um, I'm talented enough at the one thing I know how to do. And I could outsource other pieces that I don't know how to do where I'm not particularly talented. Um, Mm -hmm. So those would be me giving reasons why this new perspective is true. And every time I give a reason why the new perspective is true, I'm literally rewiring my brain into a different perspective. And detaching from the old perspective. And the more I do that, the more I train my mind to question everything, which right now I notice, particularly in American culture, Mm -hmm. most people are questioning very little. Right. Most people are swallowing what they see on television whole and not really thinking for themselves. 
And so there's something really powerful about questioning absolutely every single thing you see. Like when I see a talk, when I see a news program, I question what they say. And I'm, my brain is just naturally going, is it true? Mm-hmm. And, the, but the other thing is every time I do an opposite, I'm literally expanding my consciousness. Like when people talk about expanded consciousness, they're, they're thinking about like really, really high states of being as though it's like a, something you, you know, only gurus do on a mountaintop right, when they're meditating. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. But, but actual expanded consciousness is when I'm able to hold lots of different perspectives all at the same time. So in Jewish tradition, we say that there are 70 faces to the Bible, meaning there are 70 different ways of seeing the biblical text. And only when you hold all 70, Mm -hmm. do you really have the whole picture? Mm. Does somebody teach that (laughs) or your consciousness have to figure it out? (laughs) The, The teach the 70? Yeah. So I'm, I'm of the opinion that that's literally what the Jewish people are doing right now. We went to the four corners of the earth and each Jew and his, you know, the Jew in Yemen was doing his thing. And the Jew Mm -hmm. in Spain was doing his thing. And the Jew in Australia was doing his thing. And now they're coming together and they're in conversation. And what's happening in the land of Israel, there's this Mm -hmm. very rich dynamic Jewish conversation and it's okay. every year becoming more and more dynamic and enmeshed and getting weaved together. And you, you hear it in the music, like mm. you hear musicians playing Russian instruments together with Egyptian instruments, together with Western instruments. Yes. Amazing. That's it's really cool. Yeah. Okay. So I'm glad I asked the question. So that's amazing. Yeah. So that is, that is really, really good work, really good work. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a perfect um, a name for the book because it's work. It is work. It doesn't come easy, and you've got to do the work. You've got to sit down and you're right, ask the questions, do the turnarounds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Awesome. All right. So, how did you put these things together in your challenge? Talk about that. So, um, so in our challenge, we teach a number of different tools to help people shift their their beliefs. So one mm-hmm. of the tools we teach is the work. We teach a okay. bunch of other tools. So right. one of them is simply um, choosing to on disentangle two concepts that you've glued together. So we do mm-hmm. this a lot. For example, um, we often, when we're, when we're working with someone and doing financial coaching, we'll ask, please complete the following sentence. Rich people are, <laughs> right? And right. often people will say things like greedy, selfish, (laughs) slimy, evil, um, um, you know, out to get me. Because they heard their their parents saying that. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So they have all of these different beliefs. And what's, what's really cool is you have a few options of what you can do with, let's say rich people are evil. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can ask yourself, are there times that you've met rich people who are good? Right. 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 Mm -hmm. Who are good, who are generous, whatever word you want is the opposite of evil Mm -hmm. and list examples of wealthy people, you know, who are particularly generous and every single time, all of a sudden the person, this is what happens to them. They sort of move back and you watch their, their vision expand. They're expanding their consciousness. Literally they're expanding their vision and they're like, Oh yeah. (laughs) You know, there's this guy in my community and 
he's always taking care of everyone. And whenever anybody's in need, they can just go to him and he'll give them cash very quietly, secretly under the table. Oh yeah. And you know, my church, my church wouldn't stand if it wasn't for these two women who are really rocking entrepreneurs and they just, they support the entire church and they do it so quietly. And oh yeah, you know, that, that big philanthropist, he's just giving money away all the time and all right. It's not like they didn't know these people existed before. They're the ones saying about these people. Yeah. I don't know who these people yeah. running their church it are, just right? It didn't penetrate their consciousness, right? It mm-hmm. didn't penetrate yeah. their consciousness because mm-hmm. they didn't mm-hmm. want it to, because it went against their belief that rich people are evil. Right. So right. the other mm-hmm. thing that you could do, so you just twisted evil, you can mm-hmm. twist rich. So poor people are evil. So you could ask them, have you ever met a poor person who's evil? And they're like, Oh yeah, you know, there's this guy and it's like, okay, well, let's look at the vast majority of people who get arrested for theft. Are they poor or are they rich? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, um, so it, it's real. it's kind of like a simple process that you could do where you just take those two things and Mm -hmm. you separate Mm -hmm. them. And ideally what you want to get to is rich people are rich. That's it. Or rich people yeah. are people. The only thing you yeah. know about them is that they're, <laughs> rich, that they're rich and they are people, right? They're people, right? If you think Got you it. know, and no, because, no, no extra labels, <laughs> no extra, because even if you say rich people are generous, which is sometimes true, it's not universally always true. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so that's another tool where you can twist things mm-hmm. around. Okay. Another really cool thing that comes from the option process is a question I really like. It's why do you believe that? Um, I'm sure a lot of people can't answer that. It's shocking how much the subconscious will give you an answer to these questions that, you know, really? you might intellectually okay. not think. Yeah. Be like, oh, I believe that because of so-and-so and so-and-so. Right. Um, okay. Or another mm-hmm. thing that people believe is that they need to get themselves into an emotional state in order to mm-hmm. show that they care. Mm-hmm. If I'm not angry, I won't make the world a better place. Okay. If I'm not sad, mom thinks that I don't care about her sadness. So you can ask yourself the question, do you need to be angry in order to make the world a better place? Right. And (laughs) yeah, for most Mm -hmm. people, it's no, like I've definitely had people say yes. And then they had to really disentangle that, but they suddenly realize, oh, when I'm angry, I have less energy. I have less resources. I'm less creative. I can work like not as effectively with other people and in teams People mm-hmm. don't want to be around me. It's kind of hard to make the world a better place under those conditions. Right? Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. People think mm-hmm. it's kind of Pollyanna-ish to be happy and they don't get that happy people are the ones who get the most done. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be, you have to feel good. Right. So yeah. in your 21 day challenge, do you have like a different challenge every day? Something like these, you know, entanglement as you call them kind of things. That's how yeah. You do it. So, okay. so mm. the first week is really all about identifying the thoughts that are getting your way. And so we have lots mm-hmm. of different tools for helping people identify mm-hmm. all of those different beliefs because they're mm-hmm. all sitting on their subconscious. So it's kind of like treasure hunting, right? We treasure hunt <laughs> in all these different areas of your life using all sorts of different tools. Mm-hmm. And then we teach you, uh, you know, some of the tools that we shared, but we teach you other tools for how to take those thoughts and turn mm-hmm. them into thoughts that support you. Right. And then, and then in the third week, we teach you financial principles and, and understandings of how money works so that you can really start moving more towards a a positive supportive money mindset. Okay. I love that. I love that. All right. So, um, 
how can listeners um, connect with you and, um, uh, you know, learn more about your um, 21 day challenge and, and get a copy of your book and things like that? So um, my personal website is hanamason.com. And on my website, you can access uh, my books, hanamason.com slash books. Most of books my, of my books are available as free downloads. Um, so I, I wrote a book together with my husband called The Cash Machine. It's all about how to develop financial independence, but it's a novel. It's a love story. It's like a really fun page turner. And we have another uh, book about how to manifest your dreams called The Size of Your Dreams, which is also a novel, but also teaches personal growth tools. And hold that thought, but you mentioned and inner voices. So people can go to that page and access any of those books. And our money challenge, they can access on my courses page on my website, or they can go to moneymindsetmadness.com. That's moneymindsetmadness.com. Okay. Yeah. And what are your social media handles? I'm not really on social media. So we're just going to like <laughs> ignore that. Like I, I created social media accounts a few years ago and I was kind of trying to play that game, but yeah. I find it really distracting and I really like okay. being present with my writing and my family right. and my clients. So yes. we're just going to ignore that. All right. Now. We'll leave that. Um, yeah, because what I do is, um, you know, I, I have a transcript of our conversation on the show page and um, the show page is blog that my helps not us. So on the show page, awesome. um, I will have a transcript of my conversation with, with Hannah. By the way, her name is spelled C-H-A-N-A-M-A-S-O-N for anyone that's listening. <laughs> the C is silent. Um, uh, yes, but I'll have a link to her website on there. And um, and so that you can, just in case you, you know, you, you forgot it, then you can just head to the show page, which is blog.myhelps.us, and there'll be linked. But also be, um, uh, you know, uh, links to her book as well um, on Amazon, I'm assuming, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Right. And Amazon and in order for, yeah. So listen, um, uh, this has been a wonderful conversation. And I know that um, the work that you do is, um, uh, it's very beneficial because like I said, I only worked, um, I only listened to Byron Katie's book, The Works, but I know that, um as a coach and as, you know, or thoughts, um, listen, you know, I am, I'm learning about the mind and the mind is, is all about our thoughts. And I know that what you can do with the mind, which is basically why I have made that, um, what I'm learning about, you know, um, and mind and mindset and thoughts and, and the whole thing. And, um, and, you know, in intimate relationships, it's very important to not, jump to conclusions and like I said you know I when when I was you know listening to Byron's book Byron Katie's book um where I went to was um me having a thought regarding about maybe what a friend is thinking or or what my husband is thinking or doing or whatever and then you say to yourself is that true and you know even if you say yes it's true then the next question is how do you know (laughs) You know what I mean? And then, of course, the turnaround. How would you feel if um, uh, you didn't have that thought, that kind of thing? So it's, it's beautiful. So you have that. You have some other things that you work with. And um, yeah, you have all the books. And, and then, of course, when we are going to be changing that thought, not only 
to enhance your personal relationships, but also enhance, um, you know, our wealth, for a better word. Um, we want to be those rich people. <laughs> we already are those rich people. I, I had this one client recently who said, you know, I just can't, I can't be successful in business because I'm not lucky enough. And I looked at her, I said, you have a, you have toilet, you have a toilet. She said, yes. I said, you have more than one, don't you? She said, yes. I said, and you have running water. And she said, yes. I said, you have a bed to sleep on. She said, yes. I said, and you can pick whatever you want to wear and you have food available to you as much as you want. She said, yes. Yeah. I said, do you have any idea how lucky you are? Yeah. We're already so immensely wealthy. Yes. Yes. 95% of the world doesn't have all that. 95%. Yeah, that's giving me chills because it's so true. And I think of that a lot of times too. I sit in my living room and 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 watch all the things that I have, you know, my big TV on the wall and food and fridge and, you know, a light and running water now. And I'm conscious of it. I'm conscious of it, right? Even I think I heard something the other day that says, if you've got coin in a jar, <laughs> you're richer than... <laughs> So many people in the world that don't have, you know, the little the, the, the jar little coin collection <laughs> that you save. <laughs> yes, it's very true. Yeah, pick those things apart. So that's awesome. All right, Hannah, it, this has been um, a, a pleasure talking to you. I love it. I'm going to send you an email so that we can connect when I come to Jerusalem in May. <laughs> And I'm going to take you up on an offer to to come in your house and have Sabbath dinner. (laughs) Be an absolute pleasure to have you join us. Yeah, thank you. All right, well, listen, um, thanks again. Listen, thank you guys for tuning in to Transform Your Mind to Transform Your Life radio podcast and television show. I love bringing, um, uh, you know, guests like Hannah um, to help you to transform your mind. And today was a perfect example. So definitely go out and, and get a copy of her book. It's called Hold That Thought. Like, like I said, I've been reading it myself and it's awesome. And if you head over to her website, then you'll also, she said she has four books. Then you can also, um, uh, you know, check out her other books and definitely check out her, her challenge. So thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, Hannah, for for um, inspiring me to go and pick up, you know, um, that book again, the works and maybe keep working on it. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. You're very welcome. All right, guys. So um, until next time. Namaste.